Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast here. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Matt. And yep, Austin is still on vacation in the Cayman Islands. We don't know if or when he'll return. Um, We're actually getting a little bit concerned about it. Uh, So if anybody has any information on his whereabouts, like definitively, um, reach out, let us know. Uh, let us know that he's okay. So we haven't heard from him in a while. I mean, I don't know about you. I haven't. No, I haven't either. And what's even more concerning is like our bank accounts at C2C have been locked. And like, we can't even get in to see if the money is there. And then he goes to like this offshore account type country. Like I'm a little bit worried that in a week here, we're going to find out we're all broke. I'm not excited about it. Yeah, there's, I, I'm a little worried about that too. I like to think that, you know, I'm, I'm mostly worried about his well being, but, uh, Oh, he's let's fine. be honest he's, that's yeah. he's got like 10 bodyguards on payroll he's yeah. fine. he's more than yeah. fine i don't know I've, n- I've never been to the cayman Islands, so i don't know what that vibe's like down there i'm sure it's beautiful i've seen pictures <laughs> but i've never been i don't have the money austin has yeah. so i've never been that's, either it's a good point I, i've been to disney that's about it <laughs> as far as i've gone it's a good point yeah when you have your own yacht you can go to anywhere yeah. but and ohio yeah. that's not expensive i can promise you guys that that's not true. cayman islands expensive <laughs> That's true. Um, all right. Well, if you haven't guessed by now, Matt is joining me this week. Um, I'm sure everybody listening here knows Matt uh, at Sports Fanatic MB uh, on Twitter. One of the founders here, one of the more uh, regular guests on this show when Austin decides to leave, especially on Canton Bound. Um, but uh, we're just going to hit some quick news here this week. Um, so a couple short discussions you know, then do recap a week one, preview a week two, and uh, we'll get out of here then. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan. Awesome. Uh, before we get into it, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live, or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. Uh, and if you're looking for additional NFL or CFF content outside of, you know, what we can provide there, if we're just not providing enough content for you, like you know, some people. Um, Fantasy Points is a great resource. You, know, you can use promo code CAMPUS22 for uh, 10% off of a membership over there. Uh, into some news here, quick, just a couple quick hitters here. Uh, Michael Gallup getting a full workload in practice this week. Sounds like he will be able to play this week. J.K. Dobbins, full participant in practice this week as well. Uh, still assuming he's going to play, but I was kind of assuming he was going to play last week as well. So we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah. I'm ready for Dobbins to come back, but I mean, the fact that he, what was it? He tore his ACL MCL, something else in his hamstring. Like I'm not, I think he's a guy you have to keep sitting until he shows it to you. Right. Like you can't, even if they come out and they're like, no, yeah, he's getting his full workload, which I doubt here in week three, you can't play him. I I think you've got to wait and let him show us that he's back and fully healthy. Even though he tells you that on Twitter every day. I think I want to see it first. Yeah, I uh, I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I believed him and I picked him up in uh, Scott Fishbowl and, you know, have not been able to start him yet. So I would like for him to be back and, and back at full strength here soon. But um, Gabe Davis limited in practice here this week. Uh, didn't play last week. Uh, unclear on whether he's going to play here this week. Um, Jerry Judy did not practice this week either after injuring his shoulders and ribs in the game last week. DeAndre Swift also did not practice yesterday. 
Um, he didn't practice at times last week as well, so this could just be a maintenance day for him, but something to monitor there. Michael Pittman limited in practice this week with a quad injury after missing this past week. Um, Keenan Allen also limited with a hamstring injury after missing last week. Jacoby Myers did not practice, uh, and he actually got his knee uh, checked out and scanned. Scans were negative, but still unclear for the status for this weekend. Um, Zach Wilson getting some seven-on-seven seven work this week. They're planning on him playing on week four, uh, so expecting him to be back next week. Uh, and then George Kittle was also limited this week as well. That uh, that audible scream you guys just heard, ladies and gentlemen, was Jets fans everywhere realizing Zach Wilson's about to be back. After not, uh, elite not a Joe Flacco last week. Hey, I mean, he put 14 points up in a minute and 44 feet to Cleveland Brown. <laughs> so, you know, I can't knock him. Yeah, um, that's always a tough look. Yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb, you know, you got to feel bad for him there. It's know. not his fault. It, I don't I don't understand that at all. It's, like, he's one of the nicest guys in the NFL. In my opinion, this may be a little bit of bias. I think he's the best rusher in the NFL. Like, his vision first it's just beautiful watching him run like that dude is so good you cannot think when you put your team up 13 points with a minute 44 left no the other team has no timeouts your defense has been good all game that you could think this team is just going to completely bungle this entire thing and allow them to come back and put up 14 points in a minute 44 yeah like you can literally run a minute and 20 off the clock when you get the ball, like, well, that's Amari Cooper and uh, Stonehands <laughs> not getting it, the the onside kick. Yeah, it, just, it made no sense. Yeah. Um, but I said, I know it wasn't Chubb's fault, but I've seen some people blaming him. I've seen him blaming himself a little bit, too. So got to feel bad for him after that one because that's a tough loss. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> um, I know. Speaking of tough. Know too. Some of my remotes know as well. <laughs> Um, speaking of tough losses, uh, Trey Lance, uh, on IR surgery on the broken ankle, um, looking like he's probably going to be out for the rest of the year here. Um, does this change Lance's future outlook at all for you? Not really. I, so I don't, I don't know where you had him coming out. He was my QB three. I had Fields, Lawrence, uh, Lance, then Mac Jones. I had Zach Wilson fifth. Mostly because of Felix, but also because I didn't think he was a good quarterback. Uh, but anyways, Trey Lance, like this is almost sounds like the exact same issue that Dak had. Like Dak's come back. He's been fine. Like he didn't rush as much that first year. They said they were going to run him more now. Then he gets goes out and gets injured, unfortunately, in week one. So we didn't really get to see that. We know Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be gone after this year, right? They're not keeping him. It's in his contract. They can't franchise tag him. They're not going to re-sign him and have him come back. So, the 49ers are going to go with Trey Lance in the future. I don't think it hurts his upside at all. Maybe it helps him a little bit. It did seem like at times he was struggling on the field. Sit around, continue to study, learn more about the game, learn more about this playbook. Then you come out there next year, and once you get comfortable moving around, running around, like maybe he's not able to run as much, which does limit some of his upside for fantasy. But overall, he's going to be the locked-in starter for at least the next three years, more than likely for the 49ers. So that part of it, it doesn't change, change the outlook for me at all. I think you just kind of, if you have him on your team, unfortunately, there's nothing you can do about it. You're not, you can't trade him. His, his value is that it's absolutely lowest. He showed you nothing in week one that, that or at least no promise that we thought he was going to show, especially 
whether that was the horrible game, horrible field, monsoon, whatever. He still didn't play good. And then he goes out there in week two and unfortunately suffers the, the season-ending injury. So for me, it doesn't change anything. I still think he's probably has the upside of like a top 15 quarterback, top 12. So I'm not changing much for him. It's unfortunate. You just kind of have to sit and take an L this year just because of the injury. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a real shame because I, he was my QB three as well. I had uh, Lawrence, then Fields, uh, then Lance, um, and then Wilson and Mac Jones. Uh, that was more based on the upside there. I thought Mac Jones was just kind of a, a game manager. And that's kind of what he's proven to be, oh. but he, he took it to the next level there. But I remember draft day coverage mm-hmm. two years ago. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I am sure you do. We were both on there and we had um, differing opinions as well. Uh, everybody had a differing opinion mm-hmm. than me. I, I got a lot of slander <laughs> on that show, a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think this changes Lance's future outlook. I think if you were in on Lance, you should still be in on Lance. If you were out on Lance, you know you should still be out on Lance. Um, but if you don't have Lance, are you looking to acquire him now? Because like you said, his value is at his lowest. It depends on what it costs me. I, I saw someone traded... Mac Jones in a second, like I do that. I think in super flex league, it, so it, it all depends on your your build, right? If you're competing for this year, no, probably not trading for him unless you can get him for something really cheap. If you're rebuilding and you really think he, I don't think he's got top five upside, but I do think with the rushing he can get to top twelve. So if you really want to buy in this year, you're like, you know what? I'm not winning it anyways. Whatever, I've got a couple picks. I wouldn't mind trading for him. But again, it would matter on the cost. Like if I could get him from Mac Jones in a second, I'd do that in a heartbeat because I do think he's got as much as I like Mac Jones and I do believe QB twos matter. Trey Lance has more upside than Mac Jones. So I would definitely take that player. You give up a second round pick, whatever. If it was a single first, I might do it depending on where I think my team would land because I have become more and more skeptical about what this QB draft class is actually going to be. And so if I know I'm not going to be the one, one, so I'm, I'm likely missing out on Bijan there. I'm kind of okay moving that pick to get Trey Lance. Cause even though he hasn't shown as much, he's shown us more than CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. And I think his upside's better than CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Neither one yeah. of those guys are really going to rush that much. And I like both those prospects, but they're not going to bring you that rushing upside. I don't think Anthony Richardson's coming out this year. He's probably the closest thing to give you that. I don't even know that he's actually going to be an NFL quarterback in the future either. So, if I know I'm not 1-1, Bijan's really right now for me the only solid piece that I want because I feel like JSN, Sean Boutte, while I love them, they're still top-tiered players for me. Like I feel like there'll probably be some kind of buy window at some point after they come out to get them if you really want them. So give me the quarterback who's somewhat proven that I think has the upside. I would trade that, like I said, unless it's 1-1. I'm taking Bijan over Trey Lance yeah. and figuring out quarterback later if I have to. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I I kind of go back and forth on my thoughts on Stroud versus Young versus Lance. I mean, Lance was definitely has that upside, but I also think he's more raw than Stroud and Young. So Lance has a higher likelihood of being a perennial QB1, but he also has the lower floor. I think where Young and Stroud are pretty, I feel pretty confident that they're going to be you know, long-term NFL starters and for fantasy, probably high-end QB2, low-end QB1, depending on where they end up and what that system is. So 
that's like a, a classic like floor ceiling debate, honestly. Yeah, I mean that that's a a very fair point. I think both of those guys with what they can do passing the ball and and really their brains. Like you hear Nick yeah. Saban talk about it, Ryan Day talks a lot about it with CJ Stroud as well. They're so smart that I think they will for the most part, be able to elevate weapons around them. You know, like if one of those guys ends up in Atlanta, he got Drake London, who's been balling out and hopefully Kyle Pitts eventually decides to show up. Like you, if one of those quarterbacks ends up there, you feel good about that. They continue to improve that offensive line. I would continue feel to good build about around that. Him. I'm sure you would. I still think Desmond Ritter's the truth, but that's the story for another time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not the truth, but he'll be good. <laughs> Bryce Young, you know, a lot of people have wanted him to go to Detroit. Well, Detroit looks a lot better this year than I think many people thought. I don't know that they'll get a top pick. So I, I agree with that part of it. I just think with Trey Lance's, I hate saying this because we as the fantasy community don't necessarily view it this way, but the NFL cares about tools. They just do. Yeah. And Lance has all of them. And I feel like he'll get multiple chances because he's not a worse passer than Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, or even... No. I'm debating if I want to say he's worse than Lamar Jackson or not. I mean, he's close. <laughs> and he's got, I think he's a better runner than Jalen Hurts, but not Lamar Jackson. So even if he flames out in San Francisco, I think someone else will give him another shot. I mean, Marcus Mariota is on like his third team and getting Mitch a shot Trubisky. to start. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky was on. Well, he didn't start in Buffalo, but yeah, he's still on his third team. He's starting yeah. for Pittsburgh right now. So, Trey Lance will get another shot, and if he does figure it out, then as you mentioned, he's got the higher upside. So I would, I would do that. You're betting, you're you're kind of going all in, but that's kind of the way I sort of like to play when it comes to that. So I, I'd be all for it. Matt plays fast and loose. You heard it here first. That's why I have a lot of losing teams too. So just <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Uh, on the other side of that coin, uh, Jimmy G. Uh, stepping in for for San Francisco this year, going to be the starter presumably for the rest of the year. They have some nice weapons there. Debo, Brandon Ayuk has looked pretty solid throughout their early part of the year here. They're going to get George Kittle back. And that running game, once again, the injuries are piling up in the backfield there. So they may not be able to lean as heavily on that as that they wanted to. Uh, what's Jimmy G's value looking like for you this year? I think he probably sticks right around that mid QB two level. Like he has been. I mean, I, he does a great job of navigating that Kyle Shanahan offense. It, it's honestly why I think, and I know Ray Garvin has said this. There's been others that said, it. I honestly believe San Francisco traded up to get Mac Jones. And then the pre the peer pressure of all the people saying there's no way they traded up for this guy is why they ended up going to Trey Lance or John Lynch. Didn't want Mac Jones because Mac Jones is a lot closer to Matt Ryan and the offense is that he's used the quarterbacks Kyle Shanahan has had anywhere he's gone. Mac Jones is closer to that than what Trey Lance is. And I think he wants a quarterback who's going to distribute the ball. And we haven't really seen that from Lance. I think Jimmy G can do that. He took him to a Super Bowl two, was it two years ago? Yeah. Like yeah. it's not like they've been a bad team. And you saw how much the team enjoyed having him there. If anybody watched that game, like that first touchdown pass, I think it was, a, he ran it in. He ran it a touchdown. The whole team gets around him and celebrating. Like they clearly like Jimmy G. It's not a whole, like this guy sucks. We didn't want him here. Well, I think like he's another be, quarterback. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I think that he's going to be perfectly fine for the offense. Obviously again, once Kittle, as you mentioned, hopefully Kittle comes back soon. Ayuk seems to be kind of out of the doghouse. Now he's a very talented player. Let's just hope they don't with the injuries at running back, hand the ball off to Debo 20 times a game and they just let him play wide receiver. 
Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you, though, on, on Jimmy G. I think he's going to be a nice option for your fantasy team all year. He's not going to be anybody you're excited to start every week, but he'll be solid. Um, and like Matt Bruning likes to say, QB2s matter. Um, future value here for Jimmy G, though. Obviously, you know, if he doesn't play all year this year, I think there's a little bit of concern on some other teams part. Like, I still think he would have gotten a job, but... I think he would have been brought in to compete with somebody else for a job. If he looks good all year this year, uh, do you think he ends up being a starter somewhere and like not brought in as like a bridge starter, like kind of a clear cut starting option? I think he does have a chance to going back to the discussion we just had about this 23 draft class. Like I feel very comfortable that CJ Stroud and Bryce Young will get first round draft capital. I think there's some serious questions about literally every other quarterback in this class. You know, we we've talked a lot on this, our network about Anthony Richardson. None of us are really in on Will Levis. Tyler Van Dyke looked horrible in that game Saturday. I don't think he's necessarily it. Sam Hartman. I don't think is really an NFL quarterback. Like, I know some people are talking up KJ Jefferson. You can miss me with that. Like I, I just don't think there's anybody else who's really going to step up into that role. So then what are these teams going to do? They're going to do exactly what they did this last offseason When they showed us, they didn't like this draft class. They went out and they signed guys like Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota. And they're like, Hey, you are going to be our starters and we'll draft a quarterback later and see if it works out. There's a lot of teams that could, I mean, who knows what Indy's going to do with Matt Ryan right now because he has looked just god-awful. The Jets, do they keep Zach Wilson? Um, I think Miami's fine. But Pittsburgh, like this Kenny Pickett, uh, they probably won't move on from Kenny Pickett because he's going to have five years of their the Washington. Giants. Giants, yeah. Do they move on from Daniel Jones? Does Dayball bring in a guy like Jim G who actually can run too? Like he's not as athletic as Daniel Jones, but he can run a little bit. You know, Washington did the same thing. They bring in Carson Wentz. Like, hey, we'll take on this veteran. He's looked pretty damn good for them right now. You know, does Detroit maybe move on from a Jared Goff and say, hey, we'd rather have Jimmy G, who's a little bit more consistent? Seattle does, you know, he's a free agent. They, the, a lot of talks where Seattle wanted him and San Francisco didn't want to trade him in division. Now that he's a free agent, does he go up to Seattle and, and play there? Like, I think someone will sign him just based on the fact that unless some quarterback comes out of nowhere over the next nine weeks of the college season, just blows us all away. Like, I don't know who these teams really want to draft at the back end of the first round. Just say, Hey, like, yeah, we're going to bet on this guy being in the future of our franchise. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've we've said it multiple times over here at Campus to Canton that this is kind of a two quarterback class. And, you know, there's a couple intriguing guys at the QB three spot. I still think Dylan Gabriel is going to have a, fa a couple fans in the NFL, um, but that's a discussion for another day. But I don't think he is a first round NFL QB. So absolutely. I could definitely see him getting a, a start somewhere. I think Seattle is the most likely um, situation like you laid out there you know we heard rumors they wanted to trade for him uh you know despite geno smith winning that game against the broncos you know he hasn't looked great i mean we know what geno is at this point and i don't think he's a long-term nfl starter so but jimmy g is you know and yeah. i i do believe in jimmy g's talent there he's not that old either you know he, he's got some years left i think they'll give him a full contract wherever he ends up so i think Anybody who bought low on Jimmy G this offseason has got to be pretty happy. Oh, yeah. And DK Metcalf uh, owners would be very happy as well if, yes. if someone like Jimmy G went there. Yeah. Um, on the other side here, we got uh, another team 
the Colts, you, you brought it up, you know, Matt Ryan does not look good. The Colts are off to a rough start here. Uh, is Matt Ryan washed? Is he done? I honestly think it's Frank Reich's fault, and I do not like Frank Reich. I think he's a horrible coach. Dude plays Naheem Hines over Jonathan Taylor. I think that enough right there shows you. Dude doesn't know what he's doing. But, I mean, look at Carson Wentz. We thought Carson Wentz was a horrible quarterback last year, did we not? Like, he did not look mm -hmm. that good for Indianapolis. Yeah. Now he goes up to Washington, and all of a sudden it looks like, why, why, why did Indianapolis trade a couple first-round picks to get Matt Ryan exactly? Because they had Carson Wentz, and he's looked good. I don't know that Matt Ryan is washed. You could tell me better than I could tell, but you're an Atlanta fan. I don't think he was that bad last year, and I don't think that Atlanta no. had a, a great offensive line. He went to a better situation, but it's not working out like at all. That offensive line, I think, is better. Obviously, better running backs. I think, you know, they had Kyle Pitts, but Michael Pittman was the best, would have been the best wide receiver on the Falcons last year. I think Drake Easily. London's better than Pittman. So they have that now, but Matt Ryan didn't have Drake London last year. So I think a lot of it is just Frank Reich. I do think that he'll eventually get it together because I believe in how good of a quarterback he is. So I don't want to say he's washed, but. They've got to get that together quick. I mean, they're oh oh one and one. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's a it, it, I, this was it would have been crazy to say like even just two weeks ago. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans look like the best two teams in that division, and yeah. that is insane to say. But I mean, the Colts they got they're they're likely going to start off oh one and two. They got the Chiefs this week. They're not beating the Chiefs unless Matt Ryan goes nuclear or Jonathan Taylor does, which I'd hope because I have a lot of shares of Jonathan Taylor. Don't give me nine points again, Jonathan, if you're listening. I know you are. <laughs> but then they get the Titans like that. That could be a win. But then they get the Broncos. They get the Jaguars again. Then the Titans again. Then the Commanders, Patriots, Raiders, Eagles, Steelers, Cowboys, Vikings, Chargers starting to round out their schedule. Like, that's not an easy schedule for the Colts. That's like, not. they've got to kick it into gear now. I don't know what Matt – do you know what Ryan's contract was when he got traded over? Because he didn't sign a new one when he went to Indy, did he? No, I don't believe he signed an extension, uh, but the earliest out, like earliest reasonable out that they could have gotten um, the Falcons was in 2023. And that wasn't even, uh, there was still a, a good amount of dead money left on that contract in 2023 because um, he signed a five-year deal when he had signed the new contract there. So his contract situation isn't great, Um they said they have the out in 2023. Um, I just pulled it up here now. Actually, he has they must have restructured that because he has 35 million in dead cap next year, and he only has um, he only counts 18 million against the cap this year, so they must have moved that around a little bit. But 2024, he'll be a free agent and he'll be 39 when he's a free agent. So what you're telling me is Indianapolis get ready for two seasons of, of Matt Ryan, whether he's good or not, because there nobody's taking a 35 million cap hit for a 38 year old QB. Yeah, no, um, no, not unless it's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers no. and, and Matt Ryan, very good quarterback. You know, there will be discussions about if he's a Hall of Famer when he, it's over. I don't think he is as a Falcons fan like him a lot. Still don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but I think he's washed. Honestly, is, um, he was never the most athletic, the most yeah. mobile, the most toolsy guy. He mostly relied on his on his brain. And I think he still has that. But I think he's just getting to the point where 
he's just getting a little bit too old. Um, you know, if he goes to a system like Drew Brees was in in New Orleans, where they kind of it's a quick hitting offense, they get him moving uh, or they get the ball out of his hands quickly. I think he could still be serviceable for some teams, but uh, I think he's just about washed at this point. Does your does your Hall of Fame status at all have anything to do with that twenty eight to three game? Like is that is that like had he won that, <laughs> does he become a Hall of Famer for you? I actually do think had he won that, he would be a Hall of Famer. Would he be a Hall of Famer for me? I think it would be a lot closer. Um, probably, I think if you I blame Kyle Shanahan. Rip, if you, I, I do too. I do too. I don't blame okay. that on Ryan. Um, if you put Philip Rivers in, I think you have to put Ryan in. So I don't want to like go too off on a tangent here, but is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer for you? Because it's like no, him, Eli, so. and Ben, right? The in that class, like, is it just mm-hmm. Ben that gets in? Even though Eli won two and he's got the Eli, name, Eli's going to get in. Should he? I don't think he was ever the reason that the Giants won a Super Bowl. Um, he doesn't really have the stats to back it up, but he's got the name. He's got two Super Bowl rings. He's getting in. Ben is also going to get in. Uh, I think Ben deserves it more, um, despite what I think about Ben as a person, but. I think there's just too many other quarterbacks from this era that are going to get in. I mean, that class specifically, probably just Eli, Ben, but you got Eli, Ben, Breeze is getting in, Brady is going to get in, Manning's not in yet. Um, Rodgers will get in too. You know, there's there's a lot of quarterbacks from this era that are going to get in. So I think Rivers at some point it's going to be just in the fact that he got his wife pregnant seven times. Like that's. I would have died well, after more, the third it's, kid. It's more than that, I think. I think is he's it? Got, I thought he only had seven. I think he's up to like almost double digits at this point. Uh, he's got to be in the Hall of Fame then. Just, <laughs> he's he's fielding a, a we're whole side about, of the team. We're, yeah, we're a talking whole about, offensive side or defensive side. We're talking about the NFL Hall of Fame here, not some other well, Hall of Fame. Th- that that matters to to beat riders. I'm gonna tell you how many kids does Philip Rivers had. I'm looking over right now. <laughs> Googling it quick here. Um, well. Like I said, Colts off to a rough start. Like you said, they're 0-1-1 right now. Tied the Texans in week one. Uh, lost to the Jags. I mean, they, those are two division games. Those are two games that, you know, one, you expect them to win. Two, that they kind of needed to win. They oh get the Colts God. here this week. Uh, you just figure out how many kids he has? He has nine, and his son, oh, Gunner, God. is like the literal spitting image of Philip Rivers. (laughs) And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's not for me to judge, but this dude, like, wow. I was pretty sure he was close to double digits. Um, Hang on. I got to show you this picture. If it'll pull up on my phone. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, like you said, they get the chiefs this week. They're probably not winning this week either. Can the Colts still turn this around this year? Man, I just I don't I don't know. I mean, you just mentioned it. They're they're zero one and one. Both those games in the division. I think, like I said earlier, Jacksonville and Houston have looked like the better teams to me. Like I, mm-hmm. I they look much better. Like I said they I would be very surprised. Now the NFL, maybe they do go out there and they beat the Chiefs this week. It, crazier things have happened. I don't see that happening. So you're going to start out zero one and two. I don't know the statistics on ties, but I do know that no team, even in the expanded playoff era, has made it to the playoffs at 0 and 2. So maybe the tie gives them some kind of edge. But then again, Titans, okay, that's a winnable game in division. So then you get your first win of the season. Then the Broncos, like, 
yeah, the Broncos haven't looked great, but I think their defense is a lot better than what they're getting credit for. And if Russ starts yeah. to turn it on, that's probably a loss. And they get the Jacksonville Jaguars again. If Jacksonville beats them, I think it's over. Because that's two losses in the division. And as I mentioned, Titans, Commanders, Patriots, Raiders, Steelers, Cowboys, Chargers, Eagles, Colts, I'm sorry, Giants, and Texans. Like, Eagles, Steelers, Vikings have shown off to be a really good defense this year. The Raiders have been not bad. Commander's defense has been okay. Like, that's another five possible losses right there. I mean, I just, I don't see it. I hope I'm wrong because I like Matt Ryan. I'd love to see him get back to the playoffs again. Jonathan Taylor, I think, is an amazing player. Have a lot of shares of him. Would love to see him do good. Same with Michael Pittman. But I just feel like this team is a sinking ship, which is insane to say because I felt like they were the lock to win the AFC South two weeks ago. Yeah, I, I think before the season started, everybody thought they were going to win the South, uh, you know, especially with what we expected to be improved quarterback play uh, coming from Matt Ryan there. Like we talked about with him, though, a little bit ago, probably washed at this point. I mean, I think he's the guy that you need to lean on that offensive line and that running game. And, and Frank Reich just has not been doing that. And I think until he accepts the fact that he needs to ride Jonathan Taylor and that offensive line, I, th- I think they're going to struggle. Like you said, they have a tough, tough uh, schedule. You know, a lot of games in there that are very easily losable, given how they've looked so far. I don't know if they turn this around. I don't think this is a playoff team anymore. I think this is potentially, you know, I think they'll end up with a top 12 pick. We'll put it that way. Maybe I not top 10, it. but maybe that 10 to 12 range. I, I mean... I'd hate it again for my Jonathan Taylor shares, but kind of been used to it the past couple of years. I mean, he doesn't seem to ever really realize Jonathan Taylor's on his team until like they're almost out of the playoffs. It's like, oh, hey, this guy, he's like generational. I guess we should give him the ball. So, <laughs> um, All right, well, we'll move here into the uh, week one recap. And, you know, like we did last week, we'll go over an overperformer of the week, underperformer of the week. Uh, and then we'll talk about some real or imagined storylines from that week here. But uh, we'll start with the overperformer of the week here. Uh, who you got on this one? I'm going to go CEH. And I feel like I'm going to end up being wrong on this, but I did not have him rated very highly coming out. Thought a lot of people boosted him up coming from that LSU offense in the landing spot, right? Like, I personally had, I actually had DeAndre Swift over Jonathan Taylor, which I don't feel Same. great about, but it is what it is. Swift, Taylor. I don't think it's that bad. I also had that, but. <laughs> I mean, I, I do. <laughs> watching, watching Jonathan Taylor play and then watching DeAndre Swift, like DeAndre Swift's fun to watch, but like Jonathan Taylor is, is amazing. But regardless, CEH I think was four because I had him above Acres. I know I'm missing a running back in there. Oh, Dobbins. I had Dobbins as my, my RB3. Yeah. So the past two weeks, like he's CH is putting up a ton of points and, but I feel like it's all because of the touchdowns in week one against Arizona. He just had seven rushing attempts. He had 42 yards and a touchdown. And then he gets you three catches for 32 yards. And I believe it's two touchdowns. Like I don't yeah, two touchdowns. And last week he gets eight attempts. So he got a whopping one extra. Now he did get 74 yards, does get a touchdown again. And then the receiving game gets four for 44. They do get the Colts this week, who I believe will be a they're a little bit of a better defense than what they've played the past two weeks in Arizona. And that Chargers game was just weird. I, I think Herbert getting hurt a little bit kind of changed the, the dynamic of that game. 
I like the Colts defense possibly being without Leonard might hurt this a little bit, but I just don't think CEH is a good, he's shown us for two years. He's not that good of a player. Like I think for whatever reason, he's looked good the, these first two weeks, but I don't think he's going to keep up this performance of being a top 12 running back every single week. No, I don't think he keeps up that performance either, but I also don't think he's quite as dead as what everybody thought he was going to be. You know, I think coming into this year, a lot of people jumped ship. There were, there was a lot of room uh, left on the CEH bandwagon after people hopped off there. And, you know, especially when they signed Ronald Jones, where's Ronald He's Jones? Good. <laughs> I don't know. I, I heard he was sick. I don't know. Um, I but yeah, I, I think, I think CEH is not quite the guy that we've seen so far, but he's also not the guy we gave up for dead. So I like him as an overperformer here. I think he's going to settle in as a nice RB2 this year, which is not what you hope for when you drafted him at likely the 101 or 102 that year. Yeah, I saw well, a lot of people taking yeah. him over Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre yeah. Swift, and I bet you they feel just as bad about that as the Chiefs do right now and watching yeah. Jonathan Taylor and Swift do what they do. Yeah. Um, my overperformer of the week this week is the entire Miami Dolphins offense. Um, great, great game on their part. Great comeback win. Uh, 21 points in the fourth quarter. Um, overcome. And in my and Baltimore's a good defense. I mean, they're banged up in the secondary, but still a good defense overall. Um, you know, and they Tua distributed the ball exactly like you would want him to distribute the ball. Um, he throws for uh, to to Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle and just lets them uh, kind of do their thing. Um, he ends up with 40.9 fantasy points um, and, you know, throws for 469 yards, six touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, 36.5 fantasy points, 11 catches, 190 yards and two touchdowns on 13 targets, Jalen Waddle, 34.6 fantasy points, uh, 11 catches, 171 yards, and another two touchdowns. I mean, these guys just lit up Baltimore's defense. The week before that, though, Tua, 14.9 fantasy points. Jalen Waddle only had five targets. Um, Tyreek Hill still had 12 the week before, so he was still involved. Um, I, I think Tyreek Hill's performance, you know, while obviously 36 is, is not a repeatable weekly performance, I think his he's more stable. Tua and Waddle definitely overperformed in this one. I mean, just the sheer volume it, it coming back in the fourth quarter isn't going to be there every single week. Uh, and I don't think it's something we can rely on. Do you think Tua throws more than five touchdown passes at all again the rest of this year? No, no, I don't think he does. It wouldn't it wouldn't absolutely blow my mind if he did it, but I think the odds that are happening are, are very low. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it was just a weird confluence of circumstances here. I mean, there's all kinds of stats on this game, like Tyreek and Waddle being the first two wide receivers to put up like this many yards. The target share, I believe, was just ridiculous to the two yeah. of those guys' fantasy points as well. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to take a massive L on this because I did not think this offense was going to look this good. I, I do. I agree with you though. I think it was just a weird week i wouldn't be surprised if Tua ends up being better than what i thought he was going to be clearly tyree kill is really changing and mike mcdaniels i think is the real key yeah. behind all this because Tua has not looked anywhere near this good the past couple of years but i i'm with you like i i don't think he goes over that again i think eventually these teams will figure out a way something they got a great matchup this way like this week is going to be the big test they get a really good buffalo bill team that's been on fire as well so i'm really curious to see 
like how this offense plays out against their defense. Yeah. I think this is going to be a huge test this week here. And, um, you know, little spoiler alert, little teaser for next week or for, for later in the show here. Uh, we, I might be discussing this at another point, but I, I think you're, you, you nailed it with Mike McDaniel really being the catalyst of this performance for Tua because he's surrounding Tua with weapons that highlight his skill set. Tua was always a Tua is always like a Steve Nash, John Stockton type of a guy, just a point guard, distribute the ball, get it in his playmakers, you know, just smart quarterback. And they surrounded him with yards after the catch guys who can catch the ball that Tua throws him and then maximize that yards after the catch there with T- with Tyreek and Waddle and can score from anywhere on the field, either one of them. So I do think this Miami offense is going to be solid. Uh, I kind of thought that all offseason here. I liked Tua as a really nice bounce back candidate this year. But this performance is this is this is the best we're going to see them at all year. Uh, underperformer of the week here. Uh, who you got for the underperformer? I feel like I'm taking the easy way out on this one, but Devontae Adams, I mean, absolutely just destroyed it in week one against the Chargers. Uh, you know, getting back as everybody I'm sure talked about, they probably started to talk about on the broadcast like 50 times. Back with his old college teammate and Derek Carr, you know, comes over in the trade. Everybody's like, oh, they're going to connect and all this. Stuff. 17 targets, 10 catches for 141 yards and a touchdown in week one. Just absolutely destroyed it. And then last week, it felt like maybe Derek Carr heard a little bit of the like, man, we still got Darren Waller on this team. We still have Hunter Renfro. Like maybe spread the ball around a little bit. He only gets seven targets, only catches two of them. He had like a 28% catch rate. It was just not good. I personally don't think Arizona is that good either. Like they just really kind of blew this game in the second half. I don't think that Devontae Adams continues to get 17 targets a game like he did in week one. But I still think it's upwards of double digits every single week. I think it's 10 to 13 within that range. I think they just will pepper him with targets because he's just that good. Like I know, excuse me, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers didn't really have anybody else up in Green Bay. But a lot of that, too, is Devontae Adams, in my opinion, is one of the best route runners in the league. I think it's like between him and Keenan Allen as the best route Mm -hmm. runners in the NFL. So he's always getting open. And I think that's why Derek Carr will continue to target him down the stretch. Like nobody's selling him or moving off of him because of one bad week anyways. But I think he bounces back more to like being a top five wide receiver, like 90% of the time moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think he is rough week this week, but I think he's still the same guy you can rely on pretty much every other week. Um, My underperformer of the week here, Kyle Pitts, tight end for Atlanta. Um, 2.9 fantasy points in this one in, in half point PPR. I mean, through two weeks, he has the exact same stat line, two catches for 19 yards back to back weeks. Week one, he had seven targets week two. He only had three. Um, but I do think that Kyle Pitts is due for a bounce back after this. I mean, very disappointing so far throughout the year, but he's still the best weapon on that offense. Uh, I was never the biggest Drake London fan. I think he's fine. Don't love spending a first round pick on him though. How dare you, sir? He's amazing. <laughs> um, but they they did need weapons, and, but because Kyle Pitts, when your best offensive weapon is a tight end, it's not always the best. Uh, I mean, Travis Kelsey, sure, but it doesn't always work out that well. Uh, so, you know, sure, Kyle Pitts struggling right now. Think he's going to have a bounce back throughout the year. I still think he's going to be a top five tight end when the end of the year comes. Do you think Arthur Smith is holding him back because he hates fantasy football? 
that there's a very good chance of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, he, he, just... he, he, he told us he doesn't play fantasy football or he doesn't mm-hmm. care about our fantasy football teams. How yeah. dare you, Arthur Smith? Nobody's yeah. watching the Falcons. Otherwise, no offense, Colin. None taken. No, none, none taken. I mean, I, well, I'm watching cause Drake London's a beast. So I, I take that back outside of that. I'm not watching. I I'm watching every week because I like to see how Atlanta's going to lose it this week. You never really hey. know. You, you know, know. I think that's an underrated part about watching football as a Browns fan for 30 years. It's so much fun tuning in every Sunday. Like, how are we going to blow this one? Like, it, it's a lot of fun. It is. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, I love it. No, no tears over here at all. Um, all right. We'll uh, move into. To... I full on just like baby cry. Like someone died in my family every time. I don't know if anybody saw that Chicago Bears. Video. Yeah, I do that same thing. Like I tell my wife Paula all the time, she's like, "Are you mad?" Because what makes it worse too is she's just an arrogant, stuck-up Steelers fan, just like your co-host. Ooh. And so, like, anytime it was, "Are you mad? Are you sad?" I'm like, I don't, actually, I don't actually beat her for anybody who heard the sounds. More, she beats me because I'm crying. And she's like, "Grow up, be a man." And I'm like, "I can't." They so disappointing. <laughs> I love I've, that though. Uh, they've hundreds... been my team for 22 years. I've known you for two months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that. so great. That was, that was get out, get out. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best part of that. Uh, a real or imagined storylines here from this week. Um, well, we'll start off. I, you know, I, I talked a little bit about it here with Tua. Um, Tua is 469 yards, six touchdown game against the Ravens. Uh, we talked a little bit about it, so I think we're both on the imagined side of this. Is that right? Is that where you're at? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think Tua will be better than what I thought he was going to be this year. But we also have to remember the Ravens secondary, I believe, was ranked like literally dead last last year, and they did nothing to improve that this offseason. So I do think they were able to take advantage of that a little bit. But I do think, you know, putting up 400-plus yards and six touchdowns a game, like, I think he probably averages close to three touchdowns a game and probably 300, which is still really good, but I don't think he's going to be this productive. Yeah, I completely agree with that. This is pretty clearly an imagined stat line. Um, So we won't spend too much more time on that. Uh, Another, you know, team that we talked about a little bit earlier, the Colts, they're winless. The Bengals are winless. The Titans are winless. These are three teams that people were kind of expecting to be playoff teams or at the very least in the playoff hunt. Uh, you know, you mentioned the stat earlier. No team that started 0-2 has made the playoffs. Colts, not technically 0-2. Um, Bengals, 0-2. Titans, 0-2. Do any of these teams turn it around? Do any of them break that mold and make the playoffs? I don't think so. I think this is real. Um, we already talked a lot about the Colts. I was very much off the Titans this year. For any of you who listened to the roundtable on this network, we did our record predictions and our um, – team previews earlier this summer i had the titans going like three and 14 i do not think the titans are a good team would not be surprised if mike rabel is fired at some point in time this year there's a realistic shot that they're moving on from ryan Tannehill, derrick henry and mike rabel by the end of this year and we're looking at a whole new titans team like as much as i don't think malik willis is ready to be a starting quarterback i think it's going to happen sooner rather than later for the titans the Bengals were the team that i was in on i thought that they had a chance to come back and win the afc north again the Browns, starting with Jacoby Brissett, they're also just a dumpster fire of a franchise. We saw that this past weekend. Steelers dealing with all kinds of offensive line issues, new quarterback. I wasn't sure what they were going to be. I did think Baltimore would be really good. But the fact that they brought in these free agents on the offensive line, drafted someone as well, 
and they're still giving up the sacks to Joe Burrow, it worries me. I, I think part of it is the offensive line, part of it's play calling. And I do think a 50%, I think 50% of it is on the offensive line and Zach Taylor, but the other 50% is on Joe Burrow. He holds on to the ball way too long. It's like he's always trying to just say, F it, go deep to Jamar Chase at some point in time, and he just needs to get rid of the ball. Too many times I've, I watch a lot of Bengals games, I see Joe Mixon open in the flat, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. He always seems to want to go for the big play. Not only is I'm afraid that's going to get him hurt with the way he gets hit, but like if they keep going like that, how are they going to win games? Because that offense doesn't look as powerful as it did last year. They're not. It's not like they're losing in these shootouts. Both these games have been low-scoring games. The fact that I, I will give them some props, the fact the Steelers turned them over five times, and they should have won that game if their kicker just makes the kick. But Dallas is not a good team. They're playing with a backup quarterback, and they came in and just beat you up. Like I, I don't think Cincinnati is quite the team they were last year. And no real statistical analysis behind this, but we do hear about the the Super Bowl hangover all the yeah. time with these teams that lose. It's just so hard to get back there. I think they take a small step back this year. Maybe they turn it around and get to like a slightly winning record, but I don't think any three of these teams make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think the, the Bengals definitely overachieved last year. Um, you know, the great run, you know, fantastic run to the Super Bowl, but nobody really expected that. Um, and they did, they did it last year with some pretty obvious issues. Like you said, you'll get Joe Burrow getting sacked a lot, a lot of that on the offensive line, a lot of that also on Joe Burrow, that doesn't appear to have changed at all. So they have great weapons out there and chase and T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, phenomenal number three wide receiver. Um, you know, if he's your number three wide receiver, that's a, that's a fantastic offense. Joe Mixon perennially underrated, very good running back. So this Aiden offense is, Hurst at tight end. We can't, we can't, yeah. I mean, he's been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a solid tight end option there. So they have a lot of pieces on the offense, but like you said, Super Bowl hangover, the offensive line is tough. The defense isn't great either. Um, I don't think any of these teams make the playoffs either. And I had at the beginning of the year, I put a, a future at uh, plus 800 on the Steelers to win this division. Um, I think the Ravens will still win it, but the Steelers are looking like the second best team in this division. Unfortunately, that would be correct. <laughs> um, on the other side of this, though, we have another team that's been surprising a lot of people, the Giants at 2-0, and the New York football Giants here. Um, is this real or is this imagined? Are they coming back to earth? Imagined 100%. Uh, Daniel, well, yeah, imagined but not 100%. More like 52 to 48. <laughs> I really think nice Dayball is a, an amazing coach. And I feel like because he's actually taking Daniel Jones and having him become a game manager instead of putting it all on his shoulders is why the Giants are winning. The NFC, I think, is a horrible conference in general. Uh, it's like all the powers in my, all the top teams, in my opinion, are in the AFC. So could I see them continuing on and possibly making the playoffs? Yes, because of Dayball and the way he's been managing Daniel Jones. But I don't think they're like a top tier team, which is why I would say imagined. Yeah, uh, again, I, I agree with that. You're just you're just nailing it. We're in we're in sync here. Um, it's impossible. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think this performance so far from the Giants, while good, 
is also imagined. I think they're going to come back down to earth. Now, like you said, the NFC is is weak. The NFC East is very weak, I think. Um, you know, we'll talk about another team here in a minute, but they could win some games this year. You know, I thought the Giants could finish as one of the worst teams in the league. It doesn't look like it's going to be that's going to be the case, but I don't think they're as quite as good as they've been playing so far this year. Um, Dayball, great coach. I think that was a fantastic hire. And I think once he gets a quarterback in there, um, you know, whoever that ends up being will Levis. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> that's what, that's what the fans want. I'm just giving it to them. Oh geez. That doesn't surprise me at all from giants fans. Um, the next Josh Allen. So I'm told once they, uh, once they get a quarterback in there, they have some decent wide receivers, I don't think Darius Slayton's washed. I think he's he's a decent piece there. Sterling Shepard, solid when healthy. Uh, I, I don't know what's going don't, on with Kenny Galladay. Oh, okay, uh, he's he's probably not on the team. Those are really the only two. Don't don't yeah. mention Cadaverous Tony because he's nothing. No, no, I'm not going to mention Cadaverous Tony. Uh, Wandale though, uh, you yeah. Know, if he when he gets back healthy, uh, I think that'll be a nice option. But Saquon Barkley, great piece there. So they have some pieces. They've been investing in the offensive line. So I think this is a team that. They're ahead of schedule this year. I think they'll come back down a little bit, but I think 2023, this could be a solid team. And and for those of you, I'm joking. I know his name's Kadarius. Tony, please don't yell at me. I got, I was a jo- making a joke. Giants fans will be in your mentions. I know um, they hate, well, they hate Austin. So maybe, yes. maybe they won't be I was like Austin. Maybe <laughs> Austin wrote that for me. I thought it, yeah. I didn't know. I'm he Ron put, Burgundy. I just I read what's I'm Ron down. Burgundy. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, last real or imagined here, uh, Jalen Hurts. 26 of 31, 330 yard, uh, 333 yards passing and a touchdown and a pick. 57 yards rushing, two touchdowns here. Very good in this one and dismantling the Vikings. Uh the week before that, though. 56% completion percentage, 243 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Uh, which one of these performances is real? Is this past week the real performance, or are we looking at week one? I think it's this week. And I, Jalen Hurts, talk your shit, bro. I love that he tweeted that out. Hurts so good. I think he's an NFL starting quarterback, and I understand the stigma around him is he's not a great passer. But if you go look at what this dude has done, not just at Alabama, where all he did was find ways to win, goes to Oklahoma, and what does he do? Find ways to win. Now he's come to Philadelphia, and granted, you could say he had Lincoln Riley and Nick Saban there. That's great. Nick Sirianni, well, I don't know what you want to consider him, but he's definitely not even in the tier of those two guys. <laughs> On the college level, if you take out, he only played in three games, right, as a, as a rookie in the NFL, which I believe he won one of them and they lost two. They may have won two. I don't remember. All he's done is win since then. He took the team to the playoffs last year. He has them at 2-0. I've said since last year, I think he's their franchise quarterback. I understand he's never going to be Tom Brady as a passer. That's fine if you build the offense around him the correct way, and I think they did that this year when they brought over A.J. Brown. Let me clarify when I say I am not comparing him to Josh Allen. Josh Allen is mucho Mucho dinero is a lot of money, is it? Mucho, 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 mucho better than than Jalen Hurts. But AJ Brown is a guy that can. Mas mucho. Mas mucho. mucho? Something like that. Mucho, mucho, mas. Or no, that's more. Mas is more. 
This is really bad, guys. Yeah, I, should have I don't learned know. Spanish before this. Anyways, he's my, much, much better. We're just gonna go Spanish. She would, much, she would just yell her, yell for her to come into the room really quick. I need tra- I need to know this. He's much, much better. We'll put it that way. We'll just stick with that. AJ Brown, I've said multiple times on the round table, talking with other people. I don't know if I've ever said it on, on Twitter, but he, I thought, could do for this offense what Stefan Diggs did for Josh Allen, and that is open it up a little bit and give Hurts a big target that he can throw the ball to that is not afraid to go up and get it. And we saw that with week one. I do think it's going to end up opening things up for Devonta Smith at some point as well because defenses will shift to A.J. Brown. And I know a lot of people hated on Devonta Smith for coming out for being the Slim Reaper and all that other stuff, but I still think he's a really he's a damn good wide receiver. I mean, he almost broke 1,000 yards last year with me and you on the wide receiver core for Philly. It was bad at some point in time last year. Jalen Hurts is a damn good quarterback. I think he's a top 15 quarterback in the league. I think what we saw last week is more of the performance. Second year in Nick Sirianni's system, like he's already QB three. He finishes like QB six fantasy wise last year. Like I think this is what he is. And as long as they continue to work the offense the way they did Monday night against Minnesota, he's going to be really good for NFL purposes and really good for fantasy as well moving forward. So I think it's real. Yeah, I mean, I don't think um, this, the 26 for 31, that completion percentage way too high. But 330 yards, not unreasonable. One touchdown, one pick, um, 57 yards rushing and two touchdowns on the ground. I think this is, outside of that completion percentage, this is a repeatable performance. Um, I have been a Hertz detractor so far. I did not think he was going to be a good enough passer to last in the league here. Um, you know, good guy, by all accounts, a great leader, runs the ball pretty well, but he's not Lamar Jackson in terms of rushing, where you're really going to build your entire offense around that. Um, he's a very good rushing quarterback, but he's not, like I said, the threat that Lamar is that defense is just are scared of him breaking off this huge touchdown run. Um, Jalen Hurts is more of like a little bit of a battering ram, a little more on the Cam Newton side uh, in terms of a rusher. So I was worried about how, you know, that was going to end up translating. And he has made some strides as a passer for sure. You can tell the dude works hard. And I'm coming around to the idea that he could be their franchise quarterback. Now, I will say I'd never thought that they were going to replace him this year because I don't think they're a bad enough team where they're going to get a high enough draft pick. So either they would take a late first round quarterback if Hertz really struggled, but I don't think that they are going to be bad enough this year that they're going to replace him. And looking at the rest of this team, I don't know if they're going to be bad enough anytime in the near future that they'll want to replace him. So I am coming around on Hertz being a, a, a potential franchise quarterback for them. I don't, I'm not going to put him in top 15, but um, I think this performance is more real than it is imagined. I mean, I know I'm, I'm going completely off the top of the head here, but uh, what 15 would you put ahead of them? Um, well, I mean, the, the first obvious ones are Mahomes, Herbert, Allen. Well, here, well, uh, I'll make it easy for you. We'll go, div- we'll go by division. You put two okay. ahead of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's a bad call, but okay. Buffalo, we're putting Josh Allen. I'll agree with yes. you. That That's mm-hmm. an easy one. Mac Jones. Oh man. No, come on. I no. love, Mac. I, I love Mac and cheese. We're not putting Mac and cheese. At no, I, I don't think he's that far off, but no. Zach Wilson. No. Kenny Pickett. 
We don't, don't know, but no. Okay. I'm going to say no, but we haven't seen anything yet. So That's it's, fair. It's That's fair. It's hard to say that definitively. Lamar, easily. No. Yeah. You're not putting easily. Lamar. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, Lamar yeah, is yeah, easily yeah. ahead of him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Deshaun Watson, I'd say probably fairly easily ahead of him. Yeah. Assuming yes. he comes back and plays what we think right. he'll be. Joe Burrow? Probably. Yeah, I'm putting him ahead. Okay. Yeah, I'm putting him ahead of him. I'm, I'm, I'm a little torn on him. Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. I, I think Trevor Lawrence is still really good. Okay, I mean it's whatever. that's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> Davis Mills, no. no. Matt Ryan, no, no. Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill, definitely not Willis. Um, not I don't think I'm putting Tannehill okay. above him either. Mahomes, yes. Yeah. Herbert, yes. Yes. Wilson, yes. Yes. Carr, Carr yes. Okay, I'll give you that one. That's close. I, I'm so far off of counting on this, by the way. Like, I, I I've got it. I've got it okay. up on my okay. hands. You have here. to count. Okay. Yeah. All right. You count on your fingers. Yeah, you count on my fingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will be wiggling toes here in a minute. New York Giants. Daniel Jones. We're not no. putting him. Carson no. Wentz. No. No. Dak. Yeah, I, no. I would probably put Dak over. Yes. Kirk Cousins. I wouldn't, but I could see the argument. I'm going to say no in terms of franchise quarterbacks. I'm going to okay. say no only because of Kirk's age. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Yeah, even with the age, yeah. Yeah, Jared Goff, no, for no. me. No. Justin Fields? Man, my heart I, says yes, but my brain says no. So. I really want to like Fields, but I don't see how you can put Fields ahead of Hertz when Hertz is right around the same level of a rusher at worst and has shown to be a better passer in the league so far. I think a lot of that has to do with the Bears and what they put around Fields, okay. but yeah, Fields, no. Tom, like, so Tom Brady would go ahead of him. I don't think he plays anymore after this year. So I don't know if we can yeah, go ahead of him. That's hard to say. We're, we'll wash that one. Okay. We'll make it out of 31 quarterbacks. Jameis Winston. No. No. Baker Mayfield. No. You skipped over Marcus Mariota. We're getting to Marcus. They're at the bottom of the division. I'm going in order of the standings. So, oh, okay. Baker right, Mayfield. No. <sighs> that's really close. No, that's really close not. for me. No, it's not. I I'm not ready. To, I'm not I ready am. to give up on Baker. I, um, I, I think it. a lot of the problems here are that offense. I'm going to say no, but that's another one that's fairly close for me. Marcus Marietta or Desmond Ritter. No, no. on both. Okay. No, on both. Trey Lance. That's really hard too. Cause we haven't seen enough. We've seen yeah, one game essentially. But it would be, so it'd be no right now. Yeah, technically right now it would be no. If we can't put Fields there, we can't put we've seen more from Fields than we've seen from Lance. So well, but that doesn't necessarily that's not necessarily a good thing for Fields. Right. I agree, <laughs> but that's why we can't put Lance. <laughs> okay. Uh right. Matt Stafford, probably, yeah. I think so. Geno Smith or Drew no. Locke? No. Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah. That's 14. Oh man. So he comes in at 15. That's what I'm at saying. At 15. And I had some at other 15. ones that were really close. They were really close, close, but All not right, quite okay. over. Okay. So he's barely it's, a top 15. But that's the thing. Like, I, I've had this discussion before. That's why I wanted to do this. And Lance and Fields are Lance close. And Kirk. Like, yeah. they're all right in that range, right? But that's the thing. We have this, not necessarily like saying you do, but a lot of people have this like inflated sense of like quarterback is so deep. But it's really not. But we no. just went through 32 teams, and you're like, yeah, maybe on some of these guys. Like, that's how hard it is to find these quarterbacks. And I think that's why Philadelphia will stick with him because, as you just mentioned, they're not going to get, like, a top couple picks. So you're not getting Stroud or Young. 
I don't think that they're going to go after one of those other guys. And I don't know that they waste the draft capital to, to move up because they're already so close to being a Super Bowl. I think they're a Super Bowl contender. So if they're a Super Bowl contender, why wouldn't you just stay at your draft spot, especially if they make the playoffs and you I don't remember whose pick they have. I think it's the Rams. I don't remember whose pick they have. I think have. it's the Colts, right? Because of the Wentz. So the Colts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they have the Colts who are going to there's a chance they have a top 10 pick with the Colts. Yeah. Why wouldn't you keep that, grab a high-end defensive player or uh, an offensive lineman, whatever, and then you use your other pick for the same thing and you improve the team around Hurts because we've seen that these, whether you want to have him game manager or whatever, can win Super Bowls, especially with the good defense. I think that's the big step that Philly's taken this year is their defense has improved even more. You know what? I am not like your other co-hosts on Debbie Debate. I will give credit where credit is due. You you sold me. Um, Thanks. Hurts, Jalen Hurts is a franchise QB, at least for the next four or five years. We'll see after that. But it's hard to be on Windows longer than that frame. Yeah. So Jalen Hurts, I've come around on him. You sold me on him. Um, I do my we'll, best. <laughs> we'll move into the uh, week two preview here. Um, we'll go start of the week, sit of the week, a flex play of the week, and then we'll get you out of here. All right. Um, start of the week, who you got? Drake London. I mean, he's done it two weeks in a row, right? Like, well, for whatever reason, they're not seeming to use Kyle Pitts in this offense. Whether it's the offense, the Arthur Smith's worried about that offensive line. I feel like they have kept him in blocking a lot. But seven targets in week one, five catches. I mean, a 71% catch rate for 74 yards. And then last week, he hits 12 targets, a 66% catch rate, and catching eight of those for 86 yards and a touchdown that was my big thing when they drafted him. We were on day two when they drafted Desmond Ritter. We talked a lot about it. So I thought Desmond Ritter would be successful in this offense because Arthur Smith has done such a good job making quarterbacks like Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, all in that same mold, really good. And why? Because he likes to target those big offensive weapons. They've got, they call them the Twin Towers, right? Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I think when they get down into the red zone, they're going to get it to Drake London. I love the kid. I, he was my wide receiver too, coming out right behind Garrett Wilson. I think he's really good. And I think he's going to continue to thrive in this offense. I, I think he's a chance to win rookie of the year. I mean, he could win rookie of the year. There's not a lot of other rookies that are really standing out at this point. So, you know, Austin and I did some rookie of the year predictions. I don't think either of us picked, no, neither of us picked him. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm coming around a little bit on London just in terms of fantasy value because there's really nobody else there. Like you said, they they're keeping Kyle Pitts into block a little bit more now. He still has um, he still runs out a, a lot on the routes, a 74.6 percent route participation there. So they do use him, but they are keeping him in more than last year. Last year's route participation was like up over 80 percent, um, and that offensive line is a little bit of a concern. But yeah, I mean Drake London. Marcus Mariota likes him. Marcus Mariota has been, been looking his way a lot. And until we see more out of pits, London's a good play. Like likes him. Like because of he's a good fan, uh, football player. Or, like, he's a handsome looking dude. Like likes him. Could, uh, it could be either one. I don't know. Good for you. Marcus. I don't know. Good for you. I don't know. Um, my start of the week here is T Higgins. Um, he's back. He's healthy. You know, he played 89% of the snaps last week. Uh, he had 10 targets last week. He out targeted Jamar chase. It was only by one, but still out-targeted him. Uh, they get the Jets here, who are actually the worst defense uh, in um, DVOA over at Football Outsiders. Um, they're the worst defense by a 
decent margin um, by about 3%. Um, so you know, soft matchup. He's healthy. The Bengals need to come out and win this one. They need to come out and they need to make a statement here in this one. I think they do that uh, against the Jets. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to have a huge week this week. All right. Am I doing my sit now? Sit of the week. Fire away. So I'm torn on two players, so I'm just going to give both of them really quick. Number one, Najee Harris. You probably can't sit him based on, especially if like you're in a redraft league or possibly dynasty league, the way you built your team. But Cleveland has one of the best rush defenses in the league so far this year. They're top four in allowing just 147 rush yards a game, 3.8 average. They've actually only allowed two rushing touchdowns on the year so far. And they were actually a really good rush defense last year. That Steelers offensive line is beat up. Last year, he made his money getting those checkdowns from uh, Ben Roethlisberger. He's not getting that now with Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky's not checking the ball down to him. He's also dealing with that foot injury. Miles Garrett's going to be out there healthy. That defensive line's been really good. If you had another option, I would be sitting Najee Harris because I just don't think he's going to have a big game Thursday night going into Cleveland. My other one is TJ Hawkinson. I, I said earlier this year, I think he's kind of – everybody props him up as like this top four or five tight end and calls him a tight end one. I think he's closer to tight end 12 than he is tight end four. I think he's a very fraudulent tight end one. He's not been that productive. On top of that, the Lions are going – who are they going up against this week now? I already forgot. Um, I'm not sure. I don't have that one up in front of me here. Doesn't matter. TJ Hawkinson <laughs> is just not going to do it. Amon Ross St. Brown, St. Brown is dominating the target share there. I know DJ Tart kind of had a bad game last week, but DeAndre Swift has been good. I'm just kind of out on Hawkinson right now. I think you can go to your waiver wire, get a Gerald Everett, a Hayden Hurst, who I just brought up earlier, who's averaging eight points a game. Like That's all you really need from your tight end to win a week. Gerald Everett's doing the same thing. I think I'd bench TJ Hawkinson and try and grab another tight end to play for him for the immediate future. They get the Vikings, by the way. Okay, so the Vikings. Yes, that does matter. I was trying to remember. So, like, they shut down Dallas Goddard last week and Robert Tanyan. But granted, was coming back from an injury in week one, so I don't know how much you want to read into that. I think he only had, like, two catches. Last week, they shut down on Monday Night Football, even with the performance Jalen Hurts had, right? They were able to shut down Dallas Goddard. So I I would be all in on sitting TJ Hawkinson this week. Yeah, I I like both those calls. I like the Najee one, too. You probably don't have a better option but i do not feel good starting him one on thursday night two against that browns team uh that browns defensive line in the way that the pittsburgh line looks current offensive line looks currently um my sit of the week here is tua uh we've been talking a lot about tua in this show and you know for good reason huge performance last week you know like you said 469 yards six touchdowns obviously that's not going to happen again but they get the bills this week the Bills are the are far and away the best defense in the league right now. They destroyed the Rams offensive line. Uh, and then they just, just same thing with the Titans. They just have been just crushing teams lately. Um, they are three percentage points better um, than the next closest team on football outsiders in DVOA and 10% better than the number five team. Um, 6% better than the next closest pass DVOA team. So their pass defense also very good. Um, so this defense tough matchup for Tua. He only had 14.9 fantasy points there in week one. Um, you know, not a fantastic performance. Um, he had a passing touchdown there and, you know, just game script wise, I think you can probably look at two 
maybe even three passing touchdowns in this one, but he doesn't bring any real rushing upside with his legs. You know, he takes care of the ball pretty well. Would not surprise me at all if he takes if he throws a pick or gets a couple sacks here in this one. Um, I just I think you will probably have better options than Tua this year. You probably didn't draft Tua as your QB one. Um, or if you did, you drafted with the intention of streaming. And if that's the case, I'm picking up somebody else, probably gonna fire them up this week. All right, my flex of the week is going to be Curtis Samuel. Now, you may have played him in your lineup after the week one that he had, but he's actually out-targeted everybody else on the Washington Commanders team, which I don't know if people realize. He's got 20 targets. The next best is Terry McLaurin at 12. Curtis Samuel, for those of you who may not remember, just a couple years ago, his last year in Carolina, I believe actually finished his wide receiver 18. That was a year captained by... Teddy Two Gloves and Teddy Bridgewater, that offense where they had Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore all finished as top three, top 25 wide receivers based on the offense they were running. Curtis Samuel finished second. Robbie Anderson, more than likely because of all the deep targets he got, finished as the top wide receiver of that group. Carson Wentz, for whatever reason, he definitely does a lot of YOLO stuff, and I think that's why, you know, has helped out Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin a little bit here, but he is not afraid to dump off as well. We saw how well those tight ends thrived when Carson Wentz was the quarterback, and now he's got a more diverse weapon in the slot, Curtis Samuel. I think he continues to get a ton of targets and continues to be a guy that you can start every single week. I mean, he's mad. He's got the most receiving yards match. Technically him and Terry McLaurin both have 133 receiving yards on the year. And he's got two touchdowns. Like I'm all in on Curtis Samuel being in your flex every single week. Cause also Washington's defense, I think is taking a tad bit of a step back. I think they're gonna have to pass the ball more often than they have the past couple of years. Can't rely necessarily on that run game. So give me as much Curtis Samuel in my flex spots as I can get. Yeah, I, I like that call. I mean, Jahan Dotson's been getting some um, some buzz, you know, but he's been doing it on he's been very efficient on that yeah. work so far. He has not been seeing the volume that Samuel has. So Samuel's going a little bit more under the radar there. I like that call. And like you said, against Philly this week, um, you know, probably going to have to throw the ball a little bit more, especially with their defense looking the way it is right now. Um, my sit of the week or my flex play of the week here is Russell Gage. Wide receiver for Tampa Bay. Uh, it, it mostly starts with you know the injuries and the and the Mike Evans suspension. You know Julio and Godwin um, both banged up. Godwin is going to be out. I would be shocked if he plays. Um, Mike Evans suspended. Julio maybe it's some veteran rest, but he was banged up last week here too. Um, you know not practicing this week. Russell Gage kind of the last guy standing here. Uh, he had sixty six percent of the snaps last week. Uh, six targets last week. So, you know, last man standing, he's going to get some work from Tom Brady. Green Bay is 22nd defense in terms of DVOA. So, you know, they're not awful, but they're not a particularly great defense either there. I mean, I do like Jair Alexander, but you can kind of move Russell Gage around a little bit and, and keep him away from him if you need to. Um, I, I like firing up Russell Gage this week. Yep, I like that. I mean, Jair Alexander's a really good cornerback, but uh, he's not been good this year. So Yeah, true. True. Um, all right. That is going to do it for us here tonight. Matt, thank you for hopping on. I appreciate you always uh, being willing to step in in short notice, you know, especially Absolutely. when, especially when Canton bound, you know, we know this isn't Austin's favorite show. So it's nice yeah. to have a co-host who actually cares. 
Austin's not going to listen to this. So I say, this is my favorite, you know, who cares about Austin and campus life? I don't need that kind of stuff. This is my favorite show. Thank you. So I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. You are always, always welcome back on this show, especially because Austin's probably going to miss more than one other show this year. I mean, if I'm putting the over under, it's probably like three or four. Um, I put it at seven and take the over, but okay. You know, that's, that's fair. Um, but I appreciate you hopping on here. Uh, everybody else, check out the rest of the shows we have over on the Campus to Canton podcast feed. Um, when you're checking your uh, feed here on this one, uh, can't uh, back to Debbie should be in your feed there as well. That comes out on Fridays. Um, Debbie Debate should hit your podcast feed yesterday on Thursday there. Uh, we got Chasing the Natty Mondays, Campus Life Tuesdays, Bet on C2C Wednesday, Wednesdays. We're bringing something every single day. Bringing something every single day on the YouTube channel as well. We got college football mornings over there. Uh, we got the Better Sports Network on um, uh, the app over there on Saturday mornings, 8 to 10 a.m. Uh, and then right back to our YouTube page at 10:30 for the tailgate. Uh, and then you know that's going till 12, right up till kickoff. And then we're bringing you college fantasy tonight after the uh, after the the primetime game there, probably 11 ish, you know, give or take. But we got we got something for you every single day. Um, always producing a bunch of articles out there as well. Um, but that's going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, as always, I'm Colin. And this is Matt. Or I'm Matt, damn it. <laughs> and have a good one.